Hi, listeners. Welcome. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Sonic Laconic, the show where we supersonic race our way through each episode of the 1993 Sonic the Hedgehog animated series, colloquially known as Sonic Sat AM. I'm Ida. I'm Alberto. And Ida, which episode are we watching today? Today we're watching Ultrasonic, which is episode three. It was released on October 2nd, 1993. Now, last episode, we talked about how Donald Glover was 10 years old, and he very well could have been watching this episode on the day it released. Two people who definitely weren't watching this episode when it came out were Spike Lee and Tanya Lewis because it was their wedding day. Oh, interesting. And they have been married ever since, going on 30 years. That's my only fact. Nice, that's good. Okay, so if this is your first time listening to our show, we watch the episode independently at four times speed, and then we're going to talk about it. We'll take a break, we'll watch it again regular speed, and then we'll figure out what we missed if we actually knew what the heck was going on. So, what happened in Ultrasonic, Alberto? Um, now, you took notes on it, so why don't you start off? Well, the first thing I remember is, okay, first... To be frank, I watched it twice, four times speed. That's fine. Because I watched it one time, and then I was like, I did not pay attention to anything. I have no idea what that was about. So was your mind elsewhere? Yes. Where was it? So asleep. Oh. It was in bed. Was it wearing, like, a little nightcap? Yeah, and it was going... <sighs> Could you see, like, wood being sawed? In a thought bubble coming out of your brain? Yes, exactly. And some Zs were in there. Okay, Sonic and um, Sally are running down this tunnel. Both times I watched it, I remember thinking, panting for the first time. Because they're running, like, down this tunnel. But since they're so fast, it's like... (laughs) Yeah, so it's like a dog panting. And then somehow they see, like, a video feed of Snively... And then, like, Snively and Dr. Robotnik know they're there for some reason. So then he's like, get them! And then they're gassing the, the like, air tunnel thing they're in. The vent. They were yeah. crawling around in the vent. Yeah. They're gassing that, and then um, Sonic and Sally popped out of the side of whatever, wherever they're in. And then there's robots shooting at them, and the gas is still coming out. And then there's, like, spaceships shooting at them, and then there's, like, lasers. There was just a lot. So my notes were much more thorough than your (laughs) notes, which Mm -hmm. you definitely took. Mm -hmm. That was definitely not off the cuff. Cusp? (laughs) Yeah. Wait, which is it? I think it's... No, I don't know. Off the cusp. Okay, I have to drink some water, because... Because that was a lot. Okay, I'm ready. All right, where did we leave off? Uh, Okay, I'm going to skip all this stuff in my notes. Okay, so the robots are, like, shooting at them, and there's gas in the vent, so they get out of the vent, and, like, they're on a balcony outside, and they find a hovercraft. So they escape on this hovercraft, but there's a bunch of evil hovercrafts chasing them around. And, you know, it's a bunch of action. And Sonic was sweating really hard at one point. He was nervous. Yeah, because they were about to get killed. Yeah. So then they almost did get killed because they got shot down. And they landed, like, in this 
train station, apparently. So they saw a bunch of SWAT bots marching. And then there were like some little guys. And they're all exactly the same. And then there's one in the back that looks completely different because it looks like a robot hedgehog. (laughs) And they all get on the train. And Sonic sees the robot hedgehog and he recognizes it because maybe it's his relative or somebody. And the robot hedgehog has a big mustache. Yeah. So then Sonic and Sally meet back up with the rest of the Freedom Fighters, Bunny and Antoine and the still unnamed Walrus, who sounds like a teen. Mm-hmm. I think he gets named because they were talking a lot. Yeah. So then they stop the hedge bot, as I was calling it in my notes. Mm-hmm. And he has, like, super sharp teeth, and he's, you know, trying to attack them. Mm -hmm. And then somebody says, how about we try this? Give him this power ring from Sonic's backpack. And then he calms down, and he he just holds it, and then it, like, yeah, overcomes him. The the energy, it changes. Right. So then there's a bunch of exposition, it seems like, that we didn't catch. When they're talking? Yeah, they, there seemed like there was a lot of talking at this point. I, w- I could kind of understand them. It was the Hedgebot being like, oh, Sonic. Like, he was uh, remembering everybody. Like, mm-hmm. he said Sonic, and then I remember he bowed to Antoine. But he was kind of, like, greeting everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, and right before that, before he got the power ring, I remember Sonic being like, hey, it's me, Sonic. It's me, Sonic. Don't you remember me? Like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened after that. Why don't you check your notes? <laughs> I did not take any notes. What? How can this be? What's that big piece of paper in front of you then? Oh, is that your Christmas list? <laughs> yep. Ida, you should not be doing that at this time of day in this part of the country localized entirely within your kitchen. What is that from? The Simpsons. Of course. <laughs> Okay, but I remember the train said to, like, the crystal cave or crystal cavern or something like that. The train said it was going to the crystal cavern. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so then they didn't get on the train, though. No, just the other robots did. They all, all the freedom fighters went down, like, an elevator shaft. But anyway, they got to the crystal cavern because they were in a mine that had a big old crystal in it. Like, huge. And at this point, the hedge bot has like a migraine because obviously the power ring is starting to wear off. Mm -hmm. But then they got a fight. Yeah. Then there's a bunch of fighting. And there's like this big robot machine. That that, looks like a dinosaur. Yeah. Like kids biting and stuff. And they're inside of it. I think next time you should take notes. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Okay, well, I remember when they're fighting and when they're inside, some people are inside the robot, some people are outside, right? Yeah, who's inside and who's outside? Well, I think Sally's, wait, I think Sally's outside. You watched this twice? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, what I was going to say is I remember somebody was inside and somebody was outside with like a little computer something with these yellow buttons on it and telling the person inside to like, oh, push these buttons. But then it looked like whoever was inside pushing the buttons looked like they really did not know what they were doing. They were just like mashing. Just, they were like, oh, I don't know any button. It'll be better than what's happening right now. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing, eh? Like Correct. they had no idea what was going on? Uh-huh. Hmm. sound familiar? Yeah. Okay, so what happened? Oh, I'll tell you what happened. The Hedgebot and Sonic and Bunny all went to fight the giant robot dinosaur. Meanwhile, Sally 
and the walrus and Antoine went somewhere to hack something. Uh, and then there was some action, and then they won. See, obviously, I knew exactly what was going on. They were trying to, like, shoot down the crystal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they won. Yeah, and then the hedgebot turned back evil, because the power ring wore off. And Sonic was like, no, I can't leave him. And everyone else was like, we gotta get on the train, Sonic. Yeah, we gotta go. He's not, he's not himself. And then they got on the train, and Sonic was crying, because... You know, he just got reunited with this relative of his, and then so soon they were ripped back apart. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very important, that this cool guy, Sonic, he's so cool, he's so tough, even he still cries. Because it's good to feel your feelings. And he was, you know, had a lot of feelings. That was a big day. And the final line, I think, of the episode was something to the effect of, we'll be back for him, Sonic. Oh, yeah, and I think the walrus said that. The teen walrus? Mm-hmm. No, the other walrus. Oh. But one thing that I was reminded of when we were talking about crying is when Sonic and the robot hedgehog first met up and the robot hedgehog wasn't hypnotized or whatever was happening anymore, is that his, like, robot digital eyes kind of crinkled up like there was going to be a tear. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, wow, even robots can cry. So, uh... Obviously, we're going to have to watch this episode at full speed. Obviously, one of us paid attention more than the other. Yeah, Alberto. Maybe you should have taken notes. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go watch it. Yeah, we're going to go watch it at full speed. Uh, Let's do it to it. Let's do it to it. Okay, we're back. We learned a lot in this episode about the world they're living in. What's the world called? Morpheus? Mobius. Mobius, okay. So we learned a lot about that in this episode, watching at full speed. So it starts out, Sonic and Sally running through the vents. One of the first things that happens in the episode is Sonic and Sally do their secret handshake from the last episode, which you'd think it would be just a plot device in that episode, and then they'd never do it again. But I was actually surprised that it continued. That was just nice. Mm -hmm. And then they open up a little window thing, and they see Snively down there talking to himself, working on the roboticizer. And then Sonic is like, don't worry, Sally, with... Your brains and my looks, we can do anything. And she's like, you're right about one, one thing. Of those. <laughs> and then Sonic pulls up his mirror. <laughs> yeah, and he starts like adjusting his quills. And he's like, yeah, I am one hedgehog hunk. <laughs> okay, but then... Actually, you know what? That mirror is kind of a Chekhov's gun. It's what? Did you just say? A Chekhov's gun. I don't know what that means. Okay, move on. They use it later, is that what that means? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay, so then they... uh... You took notes, eh? (laughs) I don't even... Where are they? (laughs) They're right here. 
Okay. <laughs> it's a little tiny poison out on my computer. Mm. Okay, then they turn off the alarm something and then Sally's like, Sonic, it's time to focus. And she puts this little like hard drive in the ceiling. And then Dr. Robotnik says, snivelly, there's... The, the roboticizer the... is in sabotage mode. Yeah, which, what does that mean? Well, first you think, oh, there's a mode you can put it in to sabotage it, but then I realized, oh, it's telling you that it is in the process of being sabotaged. Right. The roboticizer scans the room, like shoots a laser out, mm -hmm. and then Sonic and Sally are in there, and then Snively says, I know, the fire extinguishers. I wrote down one of Snively's lines. I'm going to try and do the voice, even though last episode I said I'm never going to do the Snively voice again. But his voice was different this time. He sounded more evil, less wimpy this time. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay, go ahead. That's actually the first part of the line. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hold on, let me get in character. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> okay. I, I, I was doing it earlier, now I can't do it. He said, go ahead and joke, but this time we've got you. Excuse me. I'm done. What are you doing? I'm all done. Yeah. I, no, uh, that was not it. Yeah. He's like, go ahead and joke, but this time we've got you. Yeah, but you... Is that good? No. Okay, let's play it back. Sector 6 Red Corridor. Oh yeah, and he's like, has a vague accent. Okay, I've got it from listening to it and then immediately doing it while it's fresh. Go ahead and joke, Hedgehog, but this time we've got you. That was very good. That was actually very good. So he said that. And then he said the fire extinguishers. Yeah, they shot the fire extinguishers in the vent that Sonic and Sally were in. We thought it was gas, but it was like gloop. Like that foam. Yeah. So and they're running away. Yeah, they got out of there and they jumped out onto the balcony. And then they were like, I hope the hover pad is where we left it. And it was. So they got on and then there was a big, long two minute chase scene where they were flying away from the SWAT bots and bantering. And Sonic was like, I'm so smart. And Sally was like, no, you're not. You're stupid. That was crazy. Don't do that. And then he said something smart alically back. And then they did that like four times. And then eventually they got shot down. Mm-hmm. But at least they landed in the rendezvous point. Correct. Which is this train terminal. And there are a bunch of worker bots who all look exactly the same getting onto the train. And also Sonic's Uncle Chuck. <laughs> He's like marching in line. And then the door just closes on him. Yeah. And Sonic is like, Uncle Chuck, it's me, Sonic. He says... It's your too cool nephew. It's me, Sonic. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, and then Uncle Chuck is like... <laughs> yeah, he has rabies or like robot rabies or something. Well, he's been roboticized. Right. So he's trying to fight Sonic. He sets off this alarm and then... And no one comes. No, not at all. Bunny, Sonic is like, can you help me? And she's able to grab him because she's super strong. So then she's just holding on to him. 
And Sonic is like, don't worry, Uncle Chuck, we'll get you back to normal. We'll figure something out. And then he says to Sally, Sally, you got any ideas? And she says, I don't know, like, robotization. Is that what it's called? Roboticizing? Roboticization? Roboticism? Yeah, maybe. That sounds right. Roboticizing. Yeah, I don't know. Well, she says, it's still, like, really unknown. It's a new process. We don't know anything about it. But maybe we'll be able to jog his memory with the powerings that he He invented invented for you. Which... Didn't we see in the last episode that they're, like, naturally occurring out of that powering spring in the village? Uh, Well, I guess not. Maybe that's where, like, the energy is harnessed from or something. But he figured out how to harness the energy. But he wasn't there when they got the powering in the last episode, and it worked just fine. Well, he, he doesn't have to be there for them to work, but he figured out how to work them. And then I think he passed them on to the Freedom Fighters, he to didn't, Sonic. He didn't really invent them then, because they definitely said he invented the power. Well, we don't know if they are naturally occurring or not. We're just assuming that, because they came out of the water. It could, it, could, it could be a lot more complicated than that. I suppose. Okay, well, they give him the power ring to hold, and it does work. He blinks, comes to himself. He says... To Sonic. Is that Sonic? Sonny. I think he was calling him Sonny. Oh, yeah, he was calling him Sonny, but he said, Is that Sonic good looking and always cooking? <laughs> and then in response, Sonic said, Shaking and bacon. <laughs> yeah, and then he greets the rest of the Freedom Fighters who are there, including Sally, who calls him Charles. Mm, I didn't notice that. I think Bunny calls him Charlie. The walrus, whose name we do discover at this point, is Rotor. I think he just calls him Chuck. And Antoine has been there, but Chuck doesn't say anything to him. I thought he was going to be like me and not like Antoine. But then he says, like, bonjour, Antoine. And he bows to him. And he Yeah, because I guess Antoine apparently deserves respect. <laughs> well, anyway, it's a happy reunion. The train said the crystal mine on there. Yes. And then all the freedom fighters were saying, I don't know where this, what is this crystal mine? Where's this crystal mine? I don't know. It's going there. And they're like, I don't know, but it's that way. So they're going to follow the train and they get on this little shuttle thing. No, they, Uncle Chuck says, oh, well, the next shift is coming up on the elevator and Sonic says, oh, I don't care about the shift. All I care about is the shaft. He said, forget the shift. There's always the shaft. <laughs> so then they go down the elevator shaft. But they have to get Bunny to open it because she's super strong. She uses her rabbit arm to pull open the elevator door. She's just really strong, period. Yeah, I was surprised. So they went down the elevator shaft. They went down the elevator shaft. And then they're in this big cavern. There's this giant crystal in there. And then Uncle Chuck tells us that Dr. Robotnik is going to take this giant crystal, like the biggest crystal they've ever extracted or something like that, take it out to fuel something, to replace whatever energy he's using. They had been using oil before then. Okay, so, you know, they're trying to be sustainable, get away from oil. Yeah, move on to giant crystals. But... If they take this crystal out of the mine, it's going to destroy the whole ecosystem, they say. So they can't let that happen. Right, and if the Freedom Fighters shut down this operation here and 
also shut it down at the control center, they're going to save the whole planet. Period. So Antoine, Sally, and Rotor are on their way to the control center to shut it down there. Sonic, Bunny, and Chuck are on their way, like, deep, deeper into the mine. And they're at the entrance, and there's one SWAT bot outside guarding it. And it shoots a laser, and Sonic pulls out what but his mirror and reflects the laser back at the SWAT bot destroying it. Which in handy. is the Chekhov's gun I mentioned earlier, or Chekhov's mirror, if you will. So they're deeper in the mine, and then Uncle Chuck says... Get ready to fight the biggest robot you've ever seen in your life. And rumbling out, the whole cameras are shaking and everything, comes this robot that looks like a giant dinosaur. Dinosaur, except it was kind of inconsistent in how big it was, because in some shots it was really big, and then there was at least one shot where it was like three times as big as a swap bot. But Uncle Chuck said about this humongous dinobot... That it is a deadly planet-devouring machine. How is that even possible? I don't know. But they need to take control of it so that they can stop the crystal from being extracted. So they all jump into its mouth. And then Bunny is able to stick its jaw open so it can't bite anymore. Right. And then we cut to Rotor, Antoine, and And Sally. Sally in the control center. And there's a robot in there. And they're hiding under a desk or something. And then they see this switch on the robot's leg. There's just a button on the robot's leg that shuts it down. Yep, just completely shuts it off. So they do that. And Antoine says, oh, that was such a slice of pie. And Rotor says, oh, it's not slice of pie, Antoine. It's piece of cake. Antoine's character is kind of saying English phrases incorrectly. Because I think earlier he said something like, better never than late or something like that. Antoine is annoying is the point of this, yeah. Because at one point he says, oh, gringo, and Rotor says, bingo, Antoine, not gringo. Mm -hmm. Rotor thinks Antoine is pretty annoying, too, Yeah, with good cause. so. So back in the Dinobot, the Freedom Fighters take control of it, and they're trying to stop the giant crystal from being extracted, but some SWAT bots show up and, like, shoot ropes around them so they can't move, and then they're like, oh, mm-hmm. we'll have to shoot the laser at the crystal. To, that confused to me, because why would you destroy the crystal if, if extracting it's, it was going to destroy the entire ecosystem? Yeah, Wouldn't right. destroying it do the same thing? So anyway, they shoot the laser, and the crystal absorbs it, so that didn't work, but luckily it didn't work i guess yeah uh and then i don't know at some point they do something that uh works out eventually yeah they're able to shoot the ropes off of the crystal so it isn't lifted out and yeah then they meet back up with the other freedom fighters who i guess did whatever they were supposed to in the control center Mm -hmm. and they're outside the door to the train and they're like, oh, let's all go back to Knothole. We're going to have a great time there. And then Uncle Chuck collapses, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, the important thing is we saved the planet. It's too late for me. And Sonic is like, no, we can figure this out. And then, oh, then he says, it's too late. And then he's like, and then his teeth get really pointy. And he's, <laughs> he's gnashing. And, and then Sonic is trying to maybe save him, maybe grab him. But I think Bunny comes back out and says, Sonic, we, ha- we have hog. to go. She does call him Sugar Hog. 
She says, we have to go. Like, he's not himself anymore. Can't save him right now. So they all get on the train. And Sonic, is, his voice is cracking. He's like, Uncle Chuck. He sheds tears. Mm -hmm. It's a very emotional scene. It's very poignant. But then Sally says, oh, I was able to copy some of the roboticizing software or something so I can do some research. We can figure that out. And everybody's kind of encouraging Sonic. And then what does Rotor say? That's his name, right? The walrus, yes. Yeah. I don't remember. What does he say? Well, he's encouraging them and he says, one day we'll be able to unroboticize your Uncle Chuck and we'll be able to unroboticize all of our families. All of our he families, says, like, right. Yeah, like the rest of our families. So apparently all, that's why they're freedom fighters, maybe because all of their families of their have families. been captured. I thought you were going to say, Rotor says, I want to turn Robotnik into a can opener. Oh yeah, he did say that. <laughs> More like Robotnik, am I right? <laughs> So that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So I thought it was quite interesting. We learned the power rings, where they came from. Mm -hmm. We learned that their whole families have been kidnapped. Mm -hmm. It's pretty big. One thing about this episode, it kind of clued me into the fact that the Freedom Fighters have been really lucky so far. A lot of the stuff that they are successful in is because of coincidences. Like in this episode, they just happened to run into Uncle Chuck and he knew the whole plan. If they hadn't found him, Robotnik would have gotten the crystal and powered his whole thing and the planet is doomed. Mm -hmm. In episode two, if the Sally robot hadn't just happened to malfunction and lose video capabilities, Robotnik would have found the secret village mm -hmm. and they would have all been roboticized. So they are really, really lucky. What you're saying is they're not that talented. Sonic's just fast, but he's not anything else. He's I mean, not smart. One thing he is is a hedgehog hunk. <laughs> That's for sure. You can't argue with That's that. That's undeniable. <laughs> one other undeniable thing is that Antoine is annoying. And one other undeniable thing is. Forget the shift. There's always the shaft. <laughs> oh, but I was going to say about Antoine. He had no lines in the last episode. Hmm. And he had way more lines in this episode. And I was disappointed with that. I wish Antoine had no lines. Ever. That's probably not going to happen. They're You're trying to support right. people. They're trying to pay voice actors. Probably had like a 10-week contract or something. I don't know. They had to honor that. Now, speaking of voice actors, I thought Bunny's voice sounded very familiar. Who did it sound like? Do you have any idea? No. Uh, she is the voice of Chucky from Rugrats. Hmm. Okay, I can kind of see that. I didn't watch a lot of Rugrats, but kind of like a, I don't know, like a little boy voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Next time, we're going to watch episode four, which is called Sonic and the Secret Scrolls. Tune in. You should say like something. Like and subscribe. Don't say that. <laughs> okay, tune in and tune out. TV is not your friend. Listen to our podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>